The following is a production of the Phoenix Studios Podcast Network here at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. For more podcasts, be sure to visit uwgb.edu forward slash podcasts. This is Serious Serious Fun. Hello and welcome to another episode of Serious Fun. As always, I am your host, the chartreuse Power Ranger, Dr. Brian Carr. Very excited this week to have uh, two very special guests, the artist and writer, respectively, of the Beast Heart Strikers comic. That would be Joe Hunter and Lan Pitts. Lan, of course, has been on the show before. You'll remember him talking about his work on WWE comics, as well as just kind of some of his other comics work and experience in the industry. Joe is brand new and uh, really excited to talk to these two on the eve, or sort of the day, I should say, of their big announcement that they're going to be appearing um, in the Radiant Black comic book with the Beast Heart Strikers characters. So we'll talk some more about that as well as a bunch of other things. And if you, you know, you, you might be listening to this and wondering, what is Sentai? They're going to talk about Sentai a lot. This is a genre that uh, you're very familiar with, even if you don't necessarily know what it's called because it is the genre which Power Rangers comes from. Uh, costumed characters joining together, creating a team that is stronger together than they are separately. It's kind of the whole deal. And Joe and Lan are both experts in this field and they're gonna tell us all about Sentai as well as their own work on Beast Heart Strikers right now on this very special episode of Serious Fun. No, it's good. Oh, here we go with my uh... My two Sentai experts here on the line, Lan Pitts and Joe Hunter. Hello, gentlemen. Welcome to Serious Fun. Experts. Wow. What? Great. I think once you are at the point where you are contributing to a genre, you are now an expert. All right. That's fair. I have contributed nothing to anything, so I'm an expert of nothing. But, um, you know, you two have uh, some great stuff going on that we can talk about in a little bit, but it has a lot to do with this uh with the genre of sentai and uh i want to explain to that we'll get into what that means and why it's important and where you've heard this term even you don't know what the term is um here in a little bit but first i want you to introduce yourselves um you know lan you've been on here before so we're glad to have you back we had you on here to talk about wwe comics uh that was a really fun conversation uh and uh joining of course is joe hunter artist extraordinaire so let's go ahead and start with Joe, since you're brand new. Uh, the new guy goes first. Joe, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, what got you here drawing the Beast Heart Strikers comic, among other things? <laughs> uh, how far back do you want to go? Oh, God. Uh, you, know, you answer that question however you want. Uh, hi, I'm Joe. Kind of went over that already. Um, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, oh, it's all right. I mean, I got I got bleeps. It's good. Uh, uh, anyway, hi. I'm an artist, ostensibly. Um, <laughs> I draw stuff. I draw these heart strikers with Lan. Um, I've been drawing forever. That's forever. It. <laughs> Sorry. Since That's the dawn a of long time. Time. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What an impressive body of work. <laughs> Well, Joe, let me tell you, uh, tell me, tell folks a bit about your style. How about that? Let's start from there. Oh, that's and, uh, even worse. 
Well, no, I mean, your style is very distinctive, right? It's this really bright kind of, um, you know, cartoonish style, but it's really eye catching. Uh, I mean, I, I, I look at that and I can say that's a Joe Hunter, right? Um, that's yeah. you know, like, I really dig your art and what you do. So, you know, you've been drawing beast heart strikers. Uh, we've established that. What else have you worked on? Uh, well, before that, I was doing a comic called Radical Guardian Skater X, which was mm-hmm. sort of more kokusatsu e type stuff. Um, I don't know. That's really the only two series type things that I've done. Um, my resume is depressingly short. <laughs> um, I mean, you've done, you did that pandemic comic. You've done, oh, God, uh, right. you did a book cover. Mm-hmm. You've done, uh, literally all of our merch so like it's not it is it's it's really not as uh minimal as you think it is so you're just you're just really bad at a talking about yourself and talking yourself up which i will do any day of the week land tell us about joe what's it like working with joe joe's great joe uh joe's great um we had been friends for like a year before we finally met but uh we just became friends on instagram and we had like a lot of mutuals and a lot of similar interests and i loved uh i loved what he had done he had drawn a few like super sentai things like kaku ranger he did this really good kaku ranger piece i really love and uh some kenny omega and shinsuke and some koto abushi because i think he had just gotten into wrestling and i was like man i want to become friends with this guy and i had just gotten through like a really big bout of depression or something and he's like I remember he messaged me and was like, hey, I know we're not super tight, but like I go through the same thing. If you ever need to reach out, man, I appreciate you. Thanks so much. Um, and then I just been kind of dicking around. I was like, man, you know what? I, let's collab on. I'd love your stuff. You ever want to get down and like, let's make something tangible. And he's like, I like tangible. I'm like, great. Me too. So uh, merch idea. Just a shirt that says I like tangible. Uh, it's great. Sold done um so uh i put together a sheet and uh i put together a few things like a doc i still have the original pitch doc and he's like this is just jet man and i'm like fair it really is so we started talking about like okay well what do you want to do like well let's do like our own like weird ass sentai series so we did uh and i came up with beast heart strikers the name and then he went off and named every single character uh gave them their own mascots and stuff and i think i was like i want one that's a narwhal and then he he made jenny and you know created them as well so i i've never considered joe my artist he's never been my artist he's always been my collaborator because he was like okay we'll hit each other up and i'll pitch i'll pitch you know weird things just outside of the box things and he'll come back and like well do a whole hold on because i got something even weirder and then he'll he'll just do that and it, it may not always make the cut but it's always hilarious to just uh shoot the shit and just try to come up with ideas and everything so uh but yeah that, that's how it is um that's what it's like working with joe it's yeah. uh it's it's lovable chaos yeah 
when it comes through, like when you when you look at your work, um, you can definitely tell you two have like this alchemy kind of like really, uh, you know, good kind of creative partnership that really sort of supports each other. And I really, really like that. Um, and Lan, of course, you've been on the show before. Um, long history working in a variety of different fields. Um, just to, if you want to give folks just a quick dime store tour of the land pits experience if uh, if they haven't oh my god uh, listened to that show um or, or haven't listened to it in a while just remember <laughs> who, you, who you are that'd be great uh former comics retailer uh newsarama comicbook.com now i'm at GameSpot as well i've done uh wwe comics for boom did that for uh, on and off for two years and uh now i'm doing this um uh I, uh, Psycho Goreman. I'm in the Psycho Goreman comic that was just announced. That'll drop a couple weeks or so. Um, working with Serge Acuna on something with that. Uh, I was in Deadbeats 2 with Matt Harding. Uh, I have something <laughs> coming out with my buddy Zach Kinsella and wrestler Danhausen. That'll be announced hopefully soon. So, yeah, man. I'm If it's got comics and wrestling in it, I'd like to have I don't have to be in the kitchen, no. but you at least like, you got to let me at least read the ingredients. Yeah. So. You're dropping your business card in the bowl somewhere, right? Pretty like much. It's, yeah. It's somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere. Well, you got to build a brand, right? That's a huge yeah. part of all of this. Is, <laughs> I'm so literally you're... wearing, no one's going to see it, but I'm literally wearing a Dalton Castle shirt like right now. Oh, so, I see it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I mean, that's, that's the next step. You also got to start like, you know, managing and, and working with wrestlers and that's, that's, that's the next step, right? He was, yeah. He, uh, Donovan was pretty easy to work with. Uh, that's uh, Dan Hausen's mortal name, right? And uh, his Earth name. Uh, See, it's he, weird to think of him. And so, for those of you who are not, uh, and I, I want to try to get this guy on the show at some point because this guy's fascinating. But Dan Hausen's a wrestler who, um, how, how would you describe? It? Like his his whole bit is uh, like he's playing a sort of. Late oh, night no. Beetlejuice? cable, yeah, yeah Beetlejuice. Yeah, the the, like... the best way he's ever described it is like uh, late night. It's like Conan O'Brien and Beetlejuice together. Sure, that's that, the best that way he's ever sort of described it to me. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it now. Yeah. I get it now because he used to shoot promos that were like creepy and macabre and like almost like Vincent Price style, and it wasn't working. And uh, then wrestler Effie helped him uh, kind of hone the character and rebrand it in a way. Um, and Joe's got something coming out with Effie. So that's oh, nice. Fun. Oh, God. Yeah. You can you can talk about it. <laughs> we just can't say what it is, but you got something yeah, with Effie. Yeah, that was a thing that happened. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. And Effie's also another uh, wrestler who's really been big in social media and, uh, and that sort of thing, too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all good. So you two are busy. And I, and I want to thank you for taking some time out to talk with me on the show here um, about your work, but also to kind of like share your expertise on a subject that I think a lot of listeners aren't super aware of. Um, so, you know, a lot of folks know Power Rangers. I think that's fair to say, right? Power Rangers, one of the biggest brands on the planet, especially for a long time. Um, maybe not quite as big as it used to be, but still very consistently valuable People are paying attention to it every year after year. Hasbro just bought it for an enormous stack of money that I didn't bother looking up before I did. Oh, this. it was in the billions. Yeah, yeah, it was a tremendous <laughs> amount. I mean, as it's you know, it's it's crazy to think like uh, you know they because you know when Hasbro buys something like that, they're looking to make money on it on every single possible angle. So I'm sure they've already made their money back. But um, 
you know, but yeah, if you, if you tell people, okay, Power Rangers, they're like, okay, well, that's the show with like the goofy spandex and the costumes and, and the teenagers hanging out of the bar or the juice bar and all that kind of stuff. Um, and your comic Beast Heart Strikers draws from that. But I don't think, you know, the genre goes so much deeper than just that one thing. So I want to uh, spend, spend some time talking about that genre, why you both have such an interest in it and what um, Beast Heart Strikers and how that fits into it. So, um, you know, let's talk first about what Beast Heart Strikers is. Okay. Uh, so it's basically our own version of a... It's not just Super Sentai because there's so many different homages and everything later to like Sailor Moon and Rotor mm-hmm. Warriors, um, Project Echo, Common <laughs> um, <laughs> Rider, a uh, little bit of Steven uh, Universe, a little bit of Steven Universe. So there's like a lot of things, uh, sort of meshing of genres between like the magical magical girl genre, Common Rider, Sentai. Ultraman, a lot of that stuff, a lot of that, you know, Tokusatsu stuff, we just kind of sprinkle in across the board. It's not just a straight Sentai riff. That that would be boring. And so we want to incorporate a lot of the things that we like and have kind of loved for a long time. And I I think I think it kind of shines through in a lot of the way, especially how Joe draws and how he presents things and puts in little in jokes here and there. So it's, it's, it's something for, there's something for everyone who's, you know, you don't have to be super deep and like, you don't have to name, you know, the Sentai team names or anything like that, that would translate to power Rangers or you don't know, you don't have to know anything about that, Mm -hmm. but it helps if you're like, oh, that looks like something, you know, Yoshitaka Mono would put in. I'm like, yes, that's purposeful. Thank you. Yep. Uh, so it's, it's bad. Oh. Right. <laughs> it's not bad. Um, but like, uh, like you're, I, I think back to like, even for issue two in Ginny's room with the poster, I think little things like that or Ben's room and his toys and everything. Like all that stuff is all Easter eggs for stuff that's just funny to us and people may point out. And if they don't, it's not a problem. Right. Because I like making something for me. I like making something for us. And if people resonate with it, that's extra. Did I answer your question? Because I'm not sure I did. Well, so here's the thing. Um, you know, <laughs> I think that's that's a great answer. But I was kind of thinking, like, explain to people what this is about. Oh, um, so yeah, it's, which it's, I get. It's, like, I, you're you're thinking ten steps ahead, which is which is awesome. Uh, try to, uh, but then that disrupts your flow, and then maybe nah, don't worry about such it. A good this, idea. this show doesn't have a flow. Okay, <laughs> so here's the flow chart of the show. Let's point this out. We're here. We need to go in this direction. So. Uh, Beast Heart Strikers is a, a team uh, about a team of five youths that uh, are chosen to defend the Earth from this uh, upcoming evil, this foreboding evil that's sort of immortal, but he can be killed. He just has to be killed in the right way. Uh, and they're chosen by this uh, former queen of this planet that's now imprisoned. Um, so if you've ever seen like Power Rangers Wild Force or Power Rangers in general, you know where we're coming from with a lot of these things. But there's 
a kind of twist that you're going to see because we're we're kind of doing a split continuity. Whereas Power Rangers, the movie 1995, had its own sort of split in continuity. None of this stuff was ever mentioned on the show. We never see Dulcia. We never see Ivanus. We never see... Um, uh, we, we, none of those. We, instead, we got Rita Repulsa. We, got, we still got the Tengus. Uh, and then we got Ninjor. God bless Ninjor. Am I right? Uh, yeah. So okay, so okay, because I'm I'm thinking back, and it's been a long time, but I'm like, so okay, so the movie came out, but we never brought any of those elements back into the show after the movie. We did out. not, no, correct, right? Because I know they never mentioned a lot of those characters in the show beforehand because they didn't exist. But um, okay, right. so yeah, not okay. I'm just I'm trying to remember. Like, did we? No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. So so we we're going to do something a little different, which may be the subject of your next topic, mm-hmm. uh, because I think. When does this show come out? Whatever you want it to, honestly. Ooh, spicy. so I, I know that you know. In fact, what I was hoping for, and you know, we're, we're jumping ahead and doing a little bit of business on the air here, but um, you know, this is you got a big announcement coming up, and yeah. So let's just time it with this announcement. Yeah. So by the time you hear this, the announcement will be made. Yeah. So I'm hoping this will go up right around that time. Well, we have it till the 24th, but we've been teasing it for a while. But Joe and I are going to be featuring. Uh, featured beast, heart strikers, um, four part, five, four part, five page backup stories for uh, Radiant Black, and we could not be been sitting on this news for what feels like a year, almost a year at this point, right? <laughs> it's almost a year at this point because the book dropped in October. And then Kyle was kind of poaching people like that he loves because uh, so, the first backups is by Melissa Flores, who used to work at Boom, who I think was the brand manager of Power Rangers. She did something really, really big, I, I don't something like that. Right. And so. Uh, so she's in the she's in the backup series now. And then we come just then there's a break with 11. No break with. 10? 10. To issue 10. And then... That's a weird blacklight issue. Right. Thank you. And then right. we start on issue 11, which comes out December 15th. Oh, nice. Okay. That gives me time to make sure it's in my pull box. But is that a similar kind of... Uh, yeah. Genre to this? We, is this also it's kind of a Super yeah, Sentai Tokusatsu genre? Yeah. It's very... It's, again, a min... It, it at first it kind of feels like it's radium uh radium, like it feels like it's radium black it should it feels like it's ultraman mm-hmm. and then it becomes like a team of ultraman hmm. and it's it's definitely emerging of blinch but kyle does you know this alien stuff really really well and you know he had years of experience working on power rangers so he's kind of definitely got that style down and uh you know he's helped me work on kind of retool the scripts and everything uh and joe's arts leveled up in the past three years so i i hope people like it i I think we got something fun going on um and this is a pretty big book radiant black has been uh you know one of the bigger you know it's been a fairly huge comic as of late like it's yeah very well super big i think so 
I mean, everybody's everybody's talking about it on, on the internet, which you know, to be fair, that could be a lot of YouTube, but still, uh, <laughs> it, it is definitely you know, hearing you know it goes back to press, sells out, all that kind of stuff. So, yep. um, you know, it's it's really really cool that you have this this opportunity because I've been following YouTube and friends on Twitter for a long time now. I don't know how long. I can't be bothered to check because don't bother time okay. times of meaning times like, of ever yeah. since like March 2020 time doesn't matter <laughs> anymore um not at all so but yeah I've been really so I'm really really excited to see you too because I've always thought like man these heart strikers is so cool I like the characters I like the designs and who do you, you know, like what do I like I never, I never get to talk to like I never get to talk to really fans a lot because I, sure. I but I just had somebody literally while we were while we're doing this somebody was asking for physical copies so mm-hmm. um but I never, I never read like fan response, and I guess we should. But everyone's like, "Oh, it's great, right?" But what do you like about it? Well, okay, who, who do sure, you I like mean, in it? Let's talk about that. So you know, um, and for those of you who are listening, you can get the first three issues on Comicsology. Um, you, there's, I think there's also that special Ashcan issue you guys did, which I don't know if that's offered anymore. I've got oh, one. Oh, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> I've got one. It's, that, it's on display in my office. Um, that was a that was a C two E two exclusive thing. Oh, nice. So, and that was. Yeah, that was two so, years ago. Yeah. So what I'm, I'm I'm enjoying with the first issue so far, uh, you know, as as a reader, as a fan um, is the fact that, you know, again, I, I love the characters. I love the, you know, the the creativity, the animals that each uh, of the strikers <laughs> represents the narwhal. I think there was their pangolin was one of them. Yeah, that's Joe. Yeah, that's all Joe. That's He's all like, Joe. Hey, yeah. it's so cool. Like, like, yeah. Would you, how would you feel like if the leader was the Finnick Fox? I'm like, yeah, sure. That rules. Let's yeah. Go. Yeah, let's see it. Let's do it. I, and I love that. I love that. Like this whole thing. And we'll get to this a little bit later on. In fact, I mean, I, I sent you the prompts. Uh, but what strikes me as really, really cool about this is that a lot of it is just kind of, hey, here's a bunch of stuff that we like. Here's a bunch of stuff we think is cool. Let's put it together in a really interesting, creative way. Um, and, you know, I, I love the fact that it starts in media res. There's not like a whole lot of like, you know, in the beginning, there was such and such and such and such. Right, right. We we there is a minor we do kind of switch that up with what we handle with Radiant Black. Right. Because it's a I new audience. It. You kind of have to. Right, right. And Kyle's like, that's really good narration. Keep it up. I was like, all right, whatever, fine. Yeah. So, you know, we, we do take it, we do take it a step back where it is given mm-hmm. like a Lord of the Rings, Masters of the Universe, the movie, Power Rangers, the movie, minor prologue, sort of introduction. Um which could be, but, I mean, and, and like, I'm looking forward to reading that too, because I do want to know more, but I kind of like also, because when I was a kid reading comics, right? Um, I didn't have a comic shop in town, so I just got comics when I got comics. Right. And so I'd be like, okay, here's this guy who shows up, or here's this thing that's going on. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. I'm just along for the ride. Okay, so this is cool. I'm just going to just, you know, pick this up as I go. And I like that. And it feels like that in a, in a, in a really good way, where it's just kind of like these, these, um, these young adults, I was going to say kids, but they're all like, you know, uh, you know younger adults in, in your story. Uh, and they're all just kind of, they've been at this for a little while They're They know how to do their stuff. And like, you're getting little bits and pieces of the backstory and how the characters connect, who they are, um, the threat they face, that kind of thing. But also you're just getting these kind of fun little self-contained adventures along the way. So I, I like that a lot. Um, and, uh, like I said, Joe's art is just so good. I, I, I love, it makes me happy. So, uh, yeah, it's it's all that stuff. And I thought the wrestling issue was super fun. Uh, that was the most recent one you put out. Yeah, um, that was that yeah. was a good time. It's like I could tell they just had a blast writing this. Oh, it was weird. Yeah, we we had a whole bunch of uh, I had a whole bunch of names of wrestlers I wanted to use and basically just kind of picked from that. Um, 
But Drew Stone, Drew the Sword Stone. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a good. great name. That's a good that's name. So good. That's a good name. That's a guy. Let me throw I, this out to you just as an idea. Um, yeah. And you can ignore me or use it and, you know, pay me tribute, whatever. Um, annual <laughs> wrestling episode or, uh, issue. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Every year. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. Be about it. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's just that's fine. Sold. Yeah. Easy. Easy money. Easy, easy money. You can uh, make your own knockoff of WrestleMania or something like that. I'm thinking like a tournament where the, the wrestlers and fight some alien threat and the strikers have to just, help. I don't yeah, because it, it always reminded me of like um especially in the nineties, every sitcom had a wrestling episode. Yeah. Uh from Honey I Shrunk the Kids with Bret Hart to uh Family Matters with the Bushwhackers to uh Baywatch with Sting, Ric Flair, and Vader to mm-hmm. I think Boy Meets World had a Vader appearance, but when he was with WWF. Um that 70s show had one. That 70s show had the Hardy Boys and The Rock. Yep, back and... you can still get the rock on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh so I mean, well, also the Star Trek episode. Yep. With the rock as well. Yep. Um Avatar the Last Airbender. I mean, but that yeah. was, you know, oh, God, later right. with Mick Foley as the boulder, who was supposed to be the rock, but they couldn't get him. So they got Mick Foley, who just does a rock impression. The Which time. I think is better. I think it's much right. funnier. It's so right, much funnier. Right. right. Absolutely. Um, hell, the Simpsons even did one not that long ago. With, uh, it took them like almost 30 years, but they did a they did a wrestling episode where it turns out grandpa used to be a pro wrestler and oh yeah yeah gorgeous grandpa it was really good it was actually a really good one uh as far as the later episodes go well yeah i mean you did have the bret hart appearance yep uh with a guy what was it lisa and the old man yeah so yep. yeah but so it's just always been a part i'm like man power rangers never got a good wrestling episode because everybody was too busy doing karate mm-hmm. and i get it uh but at the same time I'm like man incorporate this you're the you're the biggest you're the biggest TV show on the planet for kids right now. No wrestling crossover? Why? Yeah. And why just, wouldn't you cross over with the other biggest thing for a lot of kids? Nothing could, I, I guess nothing could really Is work. about the cheap bastard? Right. That too. <laughs> but yeah, I just like, man. So made one ourselves. I love it. Um, so. Yeah. So you describe what Beast Heart Strikers, and I think it helps to kind of, you know, contextualize it in this larger thing. So, again, like I said, everybody kind of knows Power Rangers, right? You know, most people have at least some idea of what that is. But the Sentai genre goes so much deeper than that. So um, you, and, and we had that weird boom of a bunch of other shows that came out around the same time that Power Rangers hit big and most of them didn't really ever take off. Um, so let's start off by kind of defining what Sentai is and what it isn't. Um, what is the genre to you and what makes it so interesting? I mean, do you mean like the literal definition? We can start there. Sure. <laughs> Again, I, I'm assuming mo- a lot of people listening to this have no idea. So, right. Well, I mean, Sentai just literally means uh, squadron or task force. Mm-hmm. So you just right. put super inside. It just becomes like super squad, which later became, you know, part of the superhuman samurai cyber squad. I remember put that all together. Which was just another Ultraman show. Grindman. Was it? Which Grindman. one was that? Yeah, thank you. Uh, that was footage. That was an old fucking, uh, you know, uh, a show there that they used. 
Mm-hmm. So it's basically any sort of team that just comes together to fight evil, and they all have superpowers. So it's we're so used to superheroes now being mm-hmm. sort of ingrained in our you know culture. Thanks Marvel, and you know, which is so weird because you look at Batman eighty nine and the millions it made, and it no one could top it. People tried. Mm-hmm. You had Crow, you had Steel, you had Barbed Wire, you had uh, Tank Dick Girl. Tracy. You, you had Dick Tracy. All these movies came after Batman 89 and nothing took. So thanks. Until Blade, which. Well, but even then it wasn't. Um, yeah. Blade, Blade was not on the same level, but that was uh, itself a fairly big hit. Right. You're fi- yeah. Because even before that, you had Spawn the previous year. Mm-hmm. So nothing really stuck. Mm-hmm. And then Blade helped usher in all X-Men and then X-Men in 2000 did really well. Mm-hmm. And that's when studios got <clears throat> everything. But, and that's why we couldn't have, you know, nothing got made. So, and I, but we're so used to like, people know who Hawkeye is now. That's weird to me. That's weird. To me. And people are going to know, <laughs> people can make Ultron jokes and people will get it. That's I'm not com- I'm not sure how comfortable I am with this new world. To be right. It's really weird. Like, I remember uh, at one of the showings of Avengers I went to because I had to see it like multiple times in a weekend just with friends who just couldn't see it different times. But I was like, right. sure, whatever. I'll, I'll see it as many times as possible. Who cares? So we uh, we did it. And I remember you know, my friend who was watching with me was like, oh, when, you know, we got that first glimpse of Thanos and just like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at San Diego, the previous year with the first with the cast being announced for the first time, they had like the Infinity Gauntlet and all the armor and everything, you know, different different kind of Easter eggs and stuff. And this guy turned around and was like, who is that? I was like, that's Thanos. And he was like, who's Thanos? And now people know who Thanos is. Right. Without any sort of explanation. Yeah. You could just make like a Thanos joke and people are like, ah. <laughs> yeah. It's, but, it's, it's become cultural shorthand. But right. Thanos is part of the cultural zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. That's weird to me. <laughs> so, so, you know, having, so, you know, Japan and everything, having, you know, Super Sentai series, that was part of their culture. Mm-hmm. Because eventually we got to um, uh, Car Ranger, which was a parody series of <laughs> Sentai. When you get to parody series, uh, that's sort of, no, you can make it because you're in on your own joke. Mm-hmm. But they were able to do that because they've had so many. And it was part of just Japanese culture and nerd culture and all that stuff over there. So, uh, but yeah, so, uh, super Sentai just means super, super squad, super task force. And it's just super, you know, regular beings getting superhuman abilities through whatever means, you know, uh, uh, mask man, uh, they're aliens or is that change man? I'm trying to remember which one is the, uh, the aura power. I can't remember. That's part of their hand. Thank you. Yeah, they they all have like their different hand formations. Um, but they're aliens who like their powers. Um, so they get them in different ways. Uh, 
and Jetman, they're really not. They're, they're pilots. They're really good pilots. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, Bioman, they're all like androids and cyborgs. Um, so it, it's just they change it up each time um, for you know whatever kind of story and weird thing they need to do. Uh, like uh, Jackers, they're all card themed, but they're aliens. I think those are aliens again. I kind of because I I want to say, but even like a uh, God, Ghost Tiger was Ghost Tiger the pirates. Ghost Tiger, they were angels. Angels, okay, yeah. So it's God. it's like a a broad concept that you can apply different thematic, yeah. I mean, cultural at, references to. Then Tiger, right now they're all robots, right? Except for the human. except for the one guy who is a homage to Jacker. <laughs> So, like, again, it's it's mythos folding into itself. Um, but, it, I mean, it all started with uh, Go-Ranger uh, back in the mid-70s, uh, which was a, it was a manga, which uh, most of these things start out as mangas, obviously. So, I have the manga right here. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, which... It's really good. It's fun. It's the first time it has been translated uh, in the States and collected here in America. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that's kind of like the broader... I mean, it's, it's just random superheroes put together, but it's 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 formulaic in a way, but it how they do different translations and <laughs> sort of versions differs from season to season. Right. So. Yeah. And so the main and so the you know, while there are many different kinds of Sentai, I mean, obviously, the Power Rangers are the most well known, um, yeah. you know, and they adapt a specific series, which has been around for decades. Yeah, um, yeah I think what was it Mighty Morphin, which is one that most folks are familiar with. That was an adaptation of like the seventh series or something like that. Well, I mean, you would know for sure. Zero Ranger. It, yeah. Yeah. It was not the first one. Like they did not start at the beginning. No. Not at all. It's going to be. No, it was later than that. Because, oh, my God, because you have Fireman, Dynaman, Jetman. Checker, Go Ranger. I want to say it was like the 14th or so. Yeah, I was going to say like the 12th. No, yeah, it was definitely going to be like the 12th or 14th. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, yeah. Like it's they for, for whatever reason they started there, um, which literally just translates that show literally just translates into um, Dinosaur Squadron uh, uh, Beast Ranger. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it was the it was number 14. It was number 14. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, so they would no. take the footage from the show and then oh, sort of no, repurpose. 16. Sorry. Oh, it was 16. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. Whatever. If you could have told me anything, I believed it. Moving on. It's, it's okay. Moving I can't on. count regardless. So it's fine. I can't do math. So, so they took the footage from yeah. the original series, repurposed yeah. it, wrote new rappers for it, basically. Um, and it became the show. Um, and I think they obviously picked that season because that's the dinosaur season. Obviously, dinosaurs are huge with kids. I mean, they're always well, big with kids. Well, but it was like Red right around Jurassic Park, too. Well, you got to go back. Okay. Because this is not Haim Saban's first attempt at making this damn show. Right. He tried with uh, he tried with Bioman. He 
trying with Dynaman. And he got the closest with Dynaman because there is a pilot uh, with uh, that uses the same cast um, and same cast of characters, except Jason is Vincent. Um, and then... And there is uh, the weird kind of racist parody dub of Dynaman, too. Which there is that. There is uh, the racist parody Dynaman uh, dub series that uh, G4 used to air. Um, don't watch that. <laughs> um, but because uh, um, Jason, uh, the guy who plays, well, okay, so the guy who plays Jason's name is Austin St. John. Well, that's his stage name. His real name is Jason. So they actually named the character after him. Originally, it was Vincent. So, But when he read the character, they renamed him Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everybody else is the same. Trini, Billy, Kimberly, Zach, uh, and Vincent. Uh, you can find the pilot, I think, on YouTube. Uh, but it's Dynamite. But for some reason, he, went, he, he kept on trying. They, you know, He got with Marvel. They kept on trying to like... And they made some things because Haim Saban and Shook and Levi have been in television for like decades before this as, you know, music composers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thundercats, uh, He-Man, Master of the Universe. Uh, I think Dino? I think Dino Saucers? I'm trying to remember. They have an impressive musical resume already. And that's what they, that's how they got the TV. They were composers. I think, um, uh, throughout the uh, like seventies and eighties, a lot of the uh, a lot of the Nickelodeon anime that we kind of grew up like uh, Grimm's Fairy Tales, um, City of Gold, all that stuff. I they all had a hand in some way with like the music and stuff. So I'm trying to remember the exact story of how he saw dinosaurs. Was like that's the winning ticket right there. Mm-hmm. But he had been trying for years because he was just obsessed with it. He was obsessed with this idea. So eventually he just made it work and he did. Uh, the original pilot for Power Rangers, I think, is also on YouTube where Trini is Hispanic. I cannot remember her, uh, the actress who played her right now, Carmen. I want to say it was Carmen. I could be wrong. I'm not going to look this up in the positive flow of things. Uh, but it was original actress. Uh, she was Hispanic and the, <coughs> um, or Latina. I can't remember the exact term right now and i'm fudging this up so the but the the episode takes place at a bowling alley instead of the juice bar before like any of that stuff took place before ernie's juice bar and angel grove youth center all that stuff they were they were fighting at the bowling alley because that's what teens did in the 90s right right but sure sure, sure. wrong <laughs> so, <laughs> wrong i don't so, know <laughs> um but, uh, but yeah, uh, so he had been trying and, you know, eventually, yeah, we, we got what we did and became like a, you know, I remember the vignettes. I remember the promos for this and was like, that looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And I love when somebody's always asking me, you know, how'd you become a Power Ranger fan? I was like, uh, because I was a 10 year old in 1993. Yep. Like, that's all you need. Perfect. That's all you need. Yeah. That's all you need. Like yep. it, it's, it's perfect. So, 
Yes, it's it's like a combination of things made in a lab to design to, te- to appeal to 10 year olds. Right. Like it's it's, yep. you know, giant robots, <laughs> and monsters and and cool costumes. And you get to do karate with your friends. It's perfect. Yep. Right. Um, <laughs> it's you know, obviously the series has endured. I mean, you know, I'll you want to do karate with. <clears throat> yeah. Well, they certainly not random strangers on the street. I learned that the hard way. Look, right. Um, <laughs> so. You know, and, and so what about this? Uh, so obviously this show's been around uh, and, and Sentai shows have, have been around for you know a long time. Power Rangers is in what? It's 20 something season in the U.S. now. Almost 30th. Almost, almost 30th. The 30th. Wow. So it's like run. It's, you know, there's a lot of shows that it has outlasted. 20. Um, you know, we had a bunch of attempts to recapture that. I mean, you had uh, VR Troopers, um, which uh, I don't know. Um I was, I was thinking about this as I was as I was writing this. I'm like, man, there was just like, you know, we had uh, big bad Beetleborgs. Yeah. God. Which, well, right. But I mean, you which have to just like stretch the concept of what these shows could be maybe too far. <laughs> right. I mean, but that was also uh, VR Troopers was like three different shows. Right. That wasn't Super Sentai. Yeah. Those were metal heroes. <laughs> so completely it was a like, different thing. Completely different thing. Completely different thing. So it was like a machine uh metal dirt, uh dimensional warrior spellbun, and uh, obviously uh space sheriff uh Scheider. Uh Big Bad Beetleborgs were also uh metal heroes as well. So which was I think two series spliced together in the end because it was yeah. never it was never a direct one-to-one we never had a direct one-to-one outside of power rangers see and what's interesting is i i just remember they like their base of operations was like a haunted house and like their guy was like a yes poltergeist who was like yes Jay Leto ghost yeah yeah i i don't know it was the one i've never been able to understand and even as a kid who's just like all right i'll roll some of this stuff whatever was uh there was one that was short lived on the USA network called Tattooed Teenage Alien, Alien Fighters Fighter, from Beverly Hills. Beverly, Beverly Hills. And yep. even as a kid, I'm like, this God. is kind of stupid. <laughs> like, it's bad. It's bad. But it's real bad. Was that even? I don't think that was even a Sentai thing. I think that was just them trying to do something like it that. It was America. It was Americans yeah. trying to like, hey, what if we just made our own? Yeah. With like our actual things. Uh, Turns out you can't. It was you can. I mean, you guys did it, but they couldn't. Right. I mean, we'll see. (laughs) Whatever. But I mean, you, you, it, it can be done, but at what cost? Right. So, uh, but I just hate uh, that. There's so much from my childhood that I wish I could remember, but that show and the theme song have taken up permanent residence in my head. And I'm so, I like, I feel like there's somebody I should be able to, to like take to court over that. Right, but it actually had a woman leader before Power Rangers did. True, very true. Because uh, there'll be how, what was the transformation sequence? Scorpio. I don't know. <laughs> I just re- oh no, it's all up here, buddy. It's all up here. <laughs> yeah. Why are you? Like- it was because what was the? It was yeah. It was uh, Scorpio, Taurus, Centaur, Apollo, and I'll take your word for it. Yeah, because it was the the tall girl in green. The guy who basically looked like Wheeler from Captain Planet, uh, the weird nerd girl, and then uh, the younger black guy who 
his story was that he was smarter and so he was like advanced agent like he had advanced and stuff but they were all it seemed like older anyway it definitely seemed more young adult uh and their zordon was like primordial ooze it was great but not but um some of the monsters design were fun i feel Uh, this is the most anybody has talked about the show probably ever (laughs) ever I don't know. I was into it. I it was you know late. It was on, on USA. Uh, felt more prime time. But I don't know, man. I can't tell you why my brain remembers this. Shit. I can't yeah. tell you for the life of me. Well, I think maybe maybe it's just like <laughs> I mean, you're going to write a comic using all this someday. Might and... as well <laughs> utilize it for good. Yeah, uh, and 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 I, and I have to imagine the license costs nothing. I mean, you guys could probably scrounge up twenty bucks and get the rights to tattoo teenage <laughs> alien fighters from Beverly Hills to a crossover. Well, our our running our running gag is let's get Alex Winter on the phone. Like, <laughs> let's see if Alex Winter because Keanu's too busy. But what right. if Alex Winter got on board? That's that's where you need to do it. I mean, he's that's- good too, but yeah, probably a lot easier to get a hold of. <laughs> so every now and then we'll just tweet. At winter, hey, you busy? What is it going to you take do that? <laughs> so you tagged him in. Things. I was like, this is not something I sign on. This is not something I endorse. No, but it's so funny because every now and then we will. I'm like, hey, you busy? Can you, can you make our show? Never heard back, which is great. But he still hasn't blocked us, which I feel like is promising. Yeah, so- I mean, that's that's as good as a maybe. <laughs> which is almost a yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. So, but you know, I, I'd love to see it on Cartoon Network. Uh, I'd love to see it. You know, because we haven't had a show like that since uh, Symbiotic Titan. Yeah. So, which was great. Yeah, I, I've only seen parts of that, but I remember thinking, like, wow, I can't believe this is like on Cartoon Network. This is really, really good. Like, this looks yeah. really cool. Let me let me do something like that, and it'll be great. It'll be fun times for all. So, which I guess raises the question, you know, like, you know, folks who might be listening might be like, hey, you know, I, I'm looking for a comic to hand my kids. Would Beast Heart Strikers be something they could hand their kids? I think so. There's never been. I don't think I've even said a swear. <laughs> yeah. Yet. Yet. Right. We have. There... Play. Oh, yeah. We do have a chart of like who can cuss and who can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real chart. It's a real chart of how like I how, it. you did. It's how we write the characters, how everyone has their own distinct voice. And it's not just a bunch of people talking over each other, like sounding the same. That was one of my big criticisms for. I might get flack for this, whatever. Uh, there was a certain Netflix show that was a remake of a really hot 80s property that everyone loves. And it got all these seasons and I was like, great. I gave it a shot. And I was like, wow, everyone sounds the same to me. I mean, you can just say it. I mean, or you can, so, you can spell it I just out or something. I just don't want to. I just, you know. Uh, Message me later because I'm curious now. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't want to dump on everyone's parade because people are like, oh, it's so great. I'm like, is it so? <laughs> uh, but I'm glad I found an audience. I'm never just going to be like, well, that sucked. It just, there's a difference between things sucking and things yeah. being bad things being bad on purpose mm-hmm. and then things that just aren't for you. I think we're in that conversation with about malignant and how it knew exactly what it wanted to be. 
and mm-hmm. succeeds. Yeah. If you've seen Malignant, I have. Stop. Okay, stop what you're doing and go watch Malignant because yeah. it's so weird. But it's like halfway in it, you're like, oh, it's a love letter to Sam Raimi horror. Yeah. I, I will uh, say this about <laughs> Malignant. I won't. We won't say anything about what happens in that movie, but. That movie is aggressively what it is trying to be. Aggressively. <laughs> yeah. Unrelentlessly. And un- I did not personally love it, but I respected the energy. Right. You have like, to. I, I admired it more than I liked it. But. Like, I, I laughed so hard. I'm like, oh, my God, this is stupid. I love this. Right. Like, it, but I also love the 1987 Massive of the Universe movie. Right. Unapologetic. You talk about it a lot. I've noticed. Yes, because it's such a great, stupid movie. Uh, Frank Langella cons- still considers this. Look at any Frank Langella interview. And he still considers Skeletor his favorite role of all time. I probably had a lot of fun doing it. He did. He had he just had a kid. Yeah. Uh, I think his kid was like five or six, always screaming around the house. I have the power. And he's like, I've got to take this. Um <laughs> But he's such a he's such a classically trained Academy Award nominated actor, and he's so good in this movie. It's 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 he shouldn't have been as good in this movie as he was. But him, Meg Foster, um, and uh, John Cipher, even Billy Barty, look like they're just having the time of their life. With this. Sure. Except for Meg Foster, whose neck piece is Evil Lynn, I think weighed like forty something pounds, and gave her like bruises wearing it um what i mean that that movie is the best fourth world movie we're ever going to get in this lifetime oh yeah you so know, especially <laughs> since the one that ava duvernay was working on got canned which i'm still mad about we, we, we still don't like you know hopefully maybe one day we find out why but uh hopefully we get one but until then go check this one out i'll put it on my my list <laughs> have you never seen it I have not. I, 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 I was never big into Masters of the Universe and He-Man and that stuff. I was never. Yeah, but did you have basic thing. cable in the like early nineties? This movie no, was actually. on every, Oh, this movie was on TBS and TNT. Like every, it's sort of like um, it's sort of like there was another movie that someone just brought up about how like why do millennials like this movie? And it was like because it was on all the time, right? And I, I, it was something that was recently just brought up. Like that movie's awful. I'm like, yeah, but it's comfort food because it was literally on daytime. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's just whenever. And so it's sort of like this and uh, Clash of the Titans. Mm. Just I've seen Clash of the Titans all all the time. Right. Just on all the all the freaking time. So it was just kind of hard to avoid. <laughs> um, so I'm impressed you haven't managed to see it. So go remedy that sometime. I will. Great. I, I, so my, my wife actually, um, when she was little, like she, one of some of her earliest memories watching He-Man and that kind of stuff. So I think she's got some fondness for He-Man. Um, so we've been thinking about watching that new Netflix show and all that. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I haven't gotten around to it either. And I, I'm going to try to do it tomorrow. Uh, I owe Joe a script. <laughs> so I'm trying to finish this damn script. <laughs> Sorry. It's so funny because it's so stressful. <laughs> like, Are you okay? I haven't, yeah, I just been thinking about this, these pages I've had to do for like five days. And every time I open it up, it's still like the doc file of me in the middle of editing. I'm like, I gotta get to this soon. <laughs> so uh, I feel bad, 
but I also like I have a day job. Um, I'm the guy at home now. I'm uh, my uh, my partner went back to work, so uh, I like I, I'm like I'm in the middle of breaking down boxes. I just haven't had time to break down boxes from our U, like uh, uh, UPS and everything else. So it's just been frantically like I have to cook, I have to clean. So it, it's just I wish there were more hours in the day. I'm just behind on like everything, and so I, I always feel bad um, when when I I have things to do, and I I, I especially like getting things into Joe promptly. Um, I, I see uh, a disapproving look in Joe's eyes right now. I know it's it's awful, and I'm the worst. <laughs> you could do so much better. <laughs> so um i don't know don't ever let anyone tell you writing is easy that's my that's my thing writing is hard because the rule is my my rule is is it good that's fine but does it work sure well those are two different things mm -hmm. uh the fact that it's good has to overweigh the fact that it just works um so, so yeah, that's, that's sort of my, my whole mentality and process and like how my whole writing process in general is awful. But I think, I think we talked about that last time, mm -hmm. how I can't sit at a computer and just freestyle. So no one can see it because we're just doing visuals. So I have like a book and I write down, like I break my page breakdowns and then I do my panel breakdowns. And then I move things from there when I know exactly what I want. I move it to here, type everything out, and then I go back and do dialogue. And then I get the art back from Joe, and then I rework my dialogue. So nothing is permanent until it is printed. And even then, there's mistakes sometimes. And then you, like, reprint it. <laughs> so, like, there's a, there's a lettering goof I messed up on for uh, issue three. And then I had Micah, our guest letterist, uh, letterist, letterer uh, for issue three. Uh, he fixed it. And that is now fixed in print when we took it to print. So hmm. comics, man. Yeah. So, um, you know, this has been, uh, we've been kind of going all over the place here and that's, that's fine. Like, uh, you know, but um, I, I want to talk to you, like, Looking at, you know, obviously you're seeing a lot of interest. I mean, you and Joe have talked about a lot of uh, the things that uh, that inspire you, mean something to you, uh, you know, everything from Master of the Universe Pro Wrestling. Um, and, you know, when you look at B-Star Strikers, you see that throughout the whole thing, right? I hope so. Um, yeah, whether it's the stories, the Easter eggs, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, you know, and, and if you start plotting these things out on a Venn diagram, superheroes, pro wrestling, Sentai, this starts to overlap pretty fast, right? To the point where some of it's just like one big circle in some cases. Um, and of course, you I mean you can see some of that like crossover, right? You have, uh, you know, the, <laughs> we haven't even talked about the Tokusatsu Spider Man from the 1970s, uh, that um, was sort of an early kind of like, uh, overture to the sort of kind of cross-cultural um uh, exchange that is the that was that would become the super sentai power rangers phenomenon um you know there was the justice league power rangers comic book um as a kid i had like a t-shirt that had like 
blue power ranger and i think beast or cyclops on it i can't remember who um you know there was that kind of stuff and i guess my big thing is like what do you think the common thread between all the stuff is like what what kind of like why why do these things kind of work so well together like what are the similarities uh wish fulfillment it's it's fan i I would never say the word power fantasy because i hate that Mm -hmm. i hate i hate that term uh because it's so one-dimensional because everybody fantasizes about power one way or the other but i feel like it's wish fulfillment you you want to feel important you want to you know you wish to you could wish to just have this these abilities these friends these Mm -hmm. robots that you know this this sense of duty and sense of importance and sense of pride. So, I mean, I, I think that's something that kind of ties it all together pretty easily. I don't know. That's, that's what it is for me, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's because, you know, these things are marketed for children. So, so I mean, who kid, what kid doesn't want to be, you know, uh, a ninja that has a robot. It's perfect. So, so I mean, it has a robot. I'm 36. Right, right. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost 40 and I want that every day. <laughs> uh, and I wake, every day I wake up unfulfilled. <laughs> so, so I have to, you know, give my fulfillment in this own way. What do you think, Joe? I think there's a wish fulfillment aspect to it, too. Um, probably, well, at least for me, there's like a earnestness that about it that I sort of like, like, uh, like all this stuff is like ridiculously cheesy, but like it's sort of like the Adam West Batman where like it's taking itself seriously despite being kind of silly, I guess. Um, am I making sense? No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, I, but I think you're right. Like there, there's an earn that earnestness, right? Like, you know, the Adam West, you know, as, as someone who's a casual observer of, of Sentai and all that, there is that kind of feeling like, you know, you even see like the reaction gifts where sometimes you'll have like a shot of like the Rangers sort of looking at each other and shrugging and that kind of thing. Like they're like they this is all just kind of, you know, like they understand the goofiness of it. Right. Maybe in a way that a lot of contemporary iterations on the superhero concept don't. Um, yeah, I, I, was, I, I teach a first year seminar class for freshmen on, on superheroes, and I was trying to explain to him, like, you know, fundamentally this genre was originated for kids right um you know there's a silliness to having these people running around in these you know gaudy costumes or you know skin tight spandex and that kind of thing um and that doesn't mean you can't tell compelling you know layered and nuanced stories for an older audience but you know that that's sort of part of the charm is that you're doing that with a genre that has historically been aimed at kids and had kind of like just a at least embraced on some level the silliness of it right so i think it makes perfect sense sorry say yeah no absolutely i mean but uh power rangers you know it's always weird when power rangers does something and fans will groan and moan like ah that's that's dumb um because all these people sound like ray romano in my head and (laughs) and and, you know what i mean my brother's tall (laughs) and so it's always weird it's always just weird when like oh that looks dumb like man ask a 10 year 11 year old 
They're going to tell you the exact opposite. Dude, guess what the demo is, you 42-year-old weirdo? Just like, <laughs> just like it. Just, that's for kids, man. And that's what I never understood about, like, when, you know, He-Man or whatever will be revitalized. Like, this looks stupid. It's for children. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't I, mean you can't I, like I, it. But I, I, I blocked a whole bunch of people when Master of the Universe Revelation came out because it was the same sort of like, um, wow, I can't believe, you know, Kevin Smith would pander or like, uh, <laughs> what happened to the integrity of He-Man? I was like, but what? You guys want to talk about how this show was a toy commercial because of new rulings from the FCC? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the only reason this show exists. It's a toy commercial. Yeah, they made it like, up as they went along. So, uh, they certainly did. And sometimes yeah. things were retconned. Uh, Paul Denny has a really good story about how, because he's the one who had the idea about the sorcerers being Tila's mom. And uh, he's like, I think that's just really good. I think it's a good story. We can make it a really good story. And then, you know, Filmation's like, yeah, that's not going to be in continuity, though. Like, we're not going to continue that story. And he's like, why? He's like, because children can't follow complicated storylines. We're going to keep things, good guys are good, bad guys are, you know, bad. We're never, it's easy. It's easy to sell toys that way. And he's like, fine. So, but that's the reason we have that. Uh, it's just like Dre Michael Straczynski created Light Hope in She-Ra. Mm-hmm. And Light Hope is sort of like the sorceress, um, well, her and Queen Angela, but it's sort of like the analog, and it's just a beam of light. And it's like, I'm not going to get money off this. This shit's marketed, so it's just going to be a beam of light. <laughs> Enjoy trying to make that a toy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he was just, you know, because he was just mad. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. It's, it's sort of the reason how Orko has an, uh, an O on him. That's not because of his name recognition. Because... Uh, I can't remember who did it, but it was like, I know I want to make zero dollars off this. And that's what and that's what that's for. Uh, so it, it's just, yeah. Um, I feel like there's a tremendous book to be written or has already been written. Oh, there's, about... there's three of them right here. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I said that uh, knowing that you're probably going to pull one out right now. Oh, I mean, I could. Uh, but yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's definitely like uh well okay so right now I have the a character guide and world compendium, uh then I have the uh, guide to the animated series, and then I have the art of the toys, and then I have the art of, which is sort of like a catch-all for the most part, uh, but. Yeah. Uh, also, there's so many mini documentaries out there that are really good and talk about it. Not just with the, you know, not what, just not what toys that made us did. There's his mm-hmm. own documentary, Power of Grey Skull. It's on Netflix, I think, or just wherever you can find it. It's really, really good. So, but yeah, they they talk about how they really did just see to their pants. Just, well, did we mention what it's going to be? A, they're going to have a comic book, and they're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then they got back like, oh, Ray Romano too. works there too. <laughs> right. He's everywhere. He's everywhere these days. And um but everyone's start getting, somewhere in the industry. But everyone's getting mad at Mark. Because he's like, we have to do all that shit you sold them on now. And he's like, yeah, but we sold them. That's the important thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
so because he's like, did you know we're going to have a Saturday morning cartoon? And he's like, oh, like <laughs> they bullshit their way into making just gigantic deals. And it worked. But it worked, though. And I feel like that's that's what you have to do sometimes. Now it's sort of you can't really do it because people talk um, and be like, hey, I just talked to these three other guys. You ain't got anything. Well, it was worth a shot. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I try to make it at least, um, I try to make it at least accessible for kids. Yeah. Uh, so if they can handle Steven Universe, I feel like they can handle our comic. Let <laughs> me ask you, you, you both a question here. Um, cause about four years ago, they, they made another Power Rangers movie. It wasn't um, about, it was exactly four years ago. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. It's 2017. <laughs> a bit more than four years ago for being really specific. It, it, oh my God. It was like in April or March. Who cares? Yeah. So uh, this movie came out a lot of fanfare, a lot of hype behind it. Um, was this after Hasbro bought them or before? Before. 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 Okay. Um, and I thought for sure this movie would do pretty well. It did not. It was like a year before. What what do you think? Because yeah, I'm looking at this. I'm like the special effects are pretty good. The cast were good. They they played it kind of funny where they needed to, and kind of straight where they needed to. And it had Elizabeth Banks just chewing scenery. So like all my bases are covered right there. Um, why didn't this movie work? I'll let Joe talk about this one because he he has a good theory about it. Um, well, I mean the designs were like terrible. Uh, I don't know. It's like there's a really good movie buried in there, and it just needed like completely different art direction and maybe one or two script revisions. I don't know. Like, um, yeah, mostly right. it was ugly. <laughs> it was ugly. Correct. It was very ugly, but it was different and I didn't hate it, but when the Megazord looks like Escaflone, oh God. it's like, man, that is too complicated. Why can't these just be dinosaurs? Why does that Mastodon need six legs? What is going what you're overcomplicating yourself, you're overcomplicating these designs for the sake of being complicated. Right. At the same time, right. You don't want to you don't want half to people to buy the same toys. Uh, except if you're Mattel, where you do. Um, I'm looking at you, Mode 2 Origins, and I love you. Uh, but if you already have one Megazord, why would you need something else? I get it. I get they they wanted to really distinguish themselves from what's come before, as it's its own thing. It's it's its own continuity. It's its own sort of thing as what's been done before with Power Rangers. You know, with the nineteen ninety six movie, uh, or ninety five, one of those, and it's its own separate continuity. Uh. And that's fine. Sure. Whatever. But it didn't know who it was supposed to be for. Right. That's my biggest thing. Is this for teens, young adult, or is this for fans of Power Rangers? Is this for kids? Because I don't think kids are going to gravitate toward whatever the hell Kimberly and Jason are going through in this movie at all. I don't think any of the kids... It's such a heavy... And I know you want to bring heart into everything to it. I get it. Cool. But what but what all the kids go through, 
with Kim being labeled a slut in high school to Jason having revenge porn revenge porn Jesus Christ (laughs) and Zach having to deal with his dying mom Billy being autistic and struggling with everyday life and then dying so like it's just it did they didn't know who who it was for and it was for me I liked it it was just like I don't think we were ready for it I don't think we were ready and I think it was pretty much pretty much the sense that Toei and Bandai and Saban had this had the rights and if they didn't make something by a certain amount of time they were going to lose them and then they lost you know it didn't do as well you know it didn't kickstart but like every like the whole marketing thing is really good I love the marketing for it uh I love the posters love the teaser poster with them on top of the zords yeah um I love Rita's look I thought making her the first Green Ranger was really cool, which was something they kind of did in the comics with making Rita's mom the first Green Ranger. Um, or some in some aspect, because she has the dragon shield um, in the comics. And, you know, building the mythology on that. Uh, Brian Cranston and Zordon was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bill Hader is Alpha. That was really good. I uh, loved his delivery and everything. But yeah, I, Goldar being what he was was kind of a cop-out, I feel like. when yeah, you The needle really... drops were really good, too. The what? The needle drops, the music that they just sort of inserted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the small bit of, like, you can hear the theme at the end. That kind of, like, little cue. Baller. But everything else was like, man... And you teased us with like Tommy at the end. Ah, oh, man, we were so close. <laughs> uh, we were so close. Uh, and it sucked. But yeah, it was just, man. I will say this, though. It definitely beats any sort of uh, that dark Power Rangers fan film from a decade ago that everyone was praising. I hate it so much. Uh, I hate it. I hate it so much. That's not Power Rangers to me. That's that's not even close. It's dumb. It's gritty for the sake of being gritty, where I feel like this movie wanted to be not gritty, but heavy. Like, kids mm-hmm. are dealing with this sort of thing every day, and I get that. But all at once is just a lot. So, you... That Breakfast Club element didn't really mesh well and I think that's sort of where they kind of messed up. Had it been mildly more lighthearted, cool. But casting across the board was great. Uh, uh, Becky G, uh, guy who plays uh, in Stranger Things, can't remember his name right now. Like all the kids, I had only seen in like bits and things, so they were so uh, imprintable in those roles. That was just, oh, that's great. Perfect. Uh, and then, you know, uh, one of the girls went on to be Jasmine in the Aladdin remake. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. She got to sing. So, yeah, I, I there's there's a lot of reasons why it didn't work, but I don't necessarily think it failed. Uh, I remember watching it and enjoying it. 
Like I'm like, this was that's, better than I expected it to be. That's yeah. that's all. Yeah, it's better than it had any reason to be. And I I wish we got another chance, but well, they're know. making another movie, it's just not a sequel. Right. Oh yeah, Hasbro's going to make. I I feel like we're going to get to the point, and I've had this theory for a while. Of what Hasbro likes to do is remake. It loves how many Transformers series have we had? How God. many? My, you know, we're about to do another My Little Ponies. We're on our umpteenth GI Joe series as well. Uh, we're going to get. I I still think in the next year or so, we're going to have an announcement of. A Mighty Morphin remake, a live action remake, or we're going to have an animated series. Those are the two things I think we're about to face. And that's fine because Mighty Morphin is their bread and butter. Like you go out and just buy any sort of Mighty Morphin merchandise right now, but don't ask for anything Zio or Time Force or, you know, anything related if it hasn't like if it hasn't already been out. So, which is unfortunate. I get it, but they know what sells. And, you know, I, I, as a casual observer, they seem to be fairly good stewards of the property. Um, like so far, the, yeah, the toys are good. I've got a couple <coughs> of the, the lightning collection figures up there. I mean, I'm not a like, a, like obviously I'm, I'm learning a lot listening, but, you know, they're cool toys like they're just cool figures. So. Um, you know, from that side, I've, I can certainly think of things I like that are being handled worse by the people that own them. So, you know, that, at least you got that. Okay, right. True. Sure. Very true. It could be worse. It's just kind of like, it could be worse. It could always be worse. Is just a way to look at <laughs> right. So uh, I think we're probably up against uh, time here. So I don't want to keep you all because I know you got scripts to write and things to work on and, and Beast Heart Strikers to make. Um, <sighs> so just real quick, you know, if somebody's interested in learning more about Sentai, whether it's Power Rangers or anything else, what's the best way to get started? Is it just, you know, fire up whatever stream platform has it and go or what? Uh, yeah, there uh, Pluto TV has a lot. I think it has a Sentai or Toku channel, uh, but just... There's so many documentaries. Just find a documentary on YouTube. Uh, there's a um, a Tokusatsu Spider-Man documentary on Disney. Oh yeah, the Marvel uh, Six One Six. That's a great. Yep. That's a real good one. Uh, it talks about the relationship. If you want to, uh, if you want to like a microdose without being overbearing, mm-hmm. um, the Toys That Made Us Power Ranger episode gives you a, a synopsis of the history of. Uh, Sentai and Tokusatsu, and it's it's bite sized, so it's it's no deep deep dives, but it's definitely who Haim Saban is, who Shuki Levi is, the difficulties of making the first show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find the pilots online. I, I I feel like I feel like as a kid, you know, all of this stuff was hard to find. Mm-hmm. It, it was the fact that my uncle was. Uh, major in the air force and so my him and my cousins traveled and brought us you know stuff back from japan and korea and everything like that and so when power rangers came he's like oh i just watched this show in japan um <laughs> uh, because my uh, my one of my cousins was into it and it's like i was like what he's like yeah this is just just old shows that they're just remaking here mm-hmm. 
And I, I had never even thought of, you know, I'm 10. I'm like, they can do that. Uh, and then, you know, legal, legally, how? And then you learn there's a good Voltron documentary about how this stuff actually works on one of the Voltron DVDs. You might be able to find it on YouTube somewhere, but it's basically how companies go to like this business and entertainment expo about what shows are in Japan and what licenses are available to pick mm -hmm. up for America. It's, you know, how Deke did it for a really long time. How, uh, oh God, was that other, that other animation, Suncoast, what like Suncoast did and, and um, a lot of stuff like that. It, it, they would just all get together mm -hmm. and have an expo and try to figure out what can go where and how like, okay, well, like Voltron, for example, is the third... <laughs> is the one of three Voltrons in Japan. Mm -hmm. So the Voltron we got was uh, Golion, King Beast Golion. So there's a, because the three Voltrons defend the center of the universe, the outer rim of the universe, and the inner rim of the universe. So they just took that and we're like, okay, well, we just get one. And then eventually, of course, obviously we got Vehicle Voltron, which I think was the second. Um, but yeah, there, there's a really interesting documentary about how this stuff actually works on a business scale and what it takes to acquire shows, anime shows, bring them over. I mean, Macross and Robotech, for example, like two completely different things. Um, it was Robotech being spliced, you know, Macross being spliced together across like several shows. So, but you don't think about that as a kid. He's like, I like this one thing. Oh, or did you realize that this thing is actually several things? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, just go to the internet. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's so many there's so many resources and documentaries. Uh, if you want to check out the original manga, um, manga's on sale. Um, Sentai Go Ranger, a Super mm -hmm. Sentai Go Ranger. Um, and then the Kamen Rider manga is coming out in December. And I think that's the you first time get that comicsology already. Oh, you can? Yeah. I, oh, wow. Okay. I don't know. Well, I pre-ordered us copies, so that's the, like part of your Christmas. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, there's so many resources now to learn about this stuff, but it always felt like forbidden knowledge. But now it's like, oh, well, that's how you got there and that there, and it, it you can definitely see where the puzzles pieces fit just checking this stuff out very cool uh joe do you have any suggestions uh well, pretty much what land said there's a couple of youtube channels i can recommend um he's the one who always sends me really good uh videos to watch and stuff okay so there's a really good channel that covers a lot of tokusatsu and anime stuff called mercury falcon um they have a really interesting uh sort of video about the history of Tatsunoko Productions, which isn't Tokusatsu related, but it's still interesting. Oh, this is what I was looking for. Uh, another YouTube channel called Vintage Henshin that's really good. Um, it talks about, well, old Tokusatsu shows, I guess. Sorry. And so, uh, you know, a lot of stuff going on uh, with Sentai, but more importantly, a lot of stuff going on with Beast Heart Strikers. Um, so, you know, just real quick, uh, you know, I want to thank you both for being on here and, uh, so where can folks check out Beast Heart Strikers or anything else y'all are working on? 
Uh, yeah, I think I mentioned them in the show. Uh, I have, uh, I definitely have a Psycho Gorman Kickstarter. Uh, um, Deadbeats Two, which I think will be out in October, and I uh, think with Dan Housen and Zach and Cello, that should be announced somewhat soonish. Uh, and then something else that I thought was dead for like two years uh, is being looked at for development. So I'm excited about that too. Very cool. And Joe? Well, I'm also in the aforementioned wrestling thing. I did a story with Effie. I've got some other stuff happening that I cannot remember right off the top of my head. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I can throw, like I said, if you remember, just send me and I'll, I'll mention it too. Okay, there we go. Sorry. Yeah, that works. So, folks, gotta gotta recommend it. Beast Heart Strikers, and make sure also you check out Radiant Black um, and the Beast Heart Strikers uh, that uh, backups are gonna be happening starting in December. Really exciting times. I'm so happy for both of you. Um, I know this like how personal this project is, and how how much this these characters and this this uh, this whole property means to you. Um, so I'm just thrilled that more folks are gonna get a chance to see it. And uh, you can even go down to your local comic shop and pick it up off the shelf. That's going to be really, really cool. Thank you. I'm yeah, excited. <laughs> uh, so, Dan <Thank> Pitts. <laughs> hey, you know, it's, it's, it's not worth doing if it doesn't scare you a little bit, right? Um, I, I mean, that's something that I understand people say sometimes. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a very I'm a timid person by nature, I guess. But uh, Land Pitts, Joe Hunter, thank you both very much for uh, being on Serious Fun. Thank you, Brian. And that will do it for this week's episode of Serious Fun. I want to again thank Joe Hunter and Land Pitts. Check out Beast Heart Strikers on Comixology. And don't forget that the Beast Heart Strikers are going to be appearing as a backup feature in Radiant Black starting in December. That's going to do it for Serious Fun. And I just want to thank everybody at the Phoenix Studios Podcast Network, including our audio engineer, Bill Salek our uh, executive producer, Ryan Martin, our coordinating producer, Kate Farley, and everyone else, including Kimberly Blees, who made the art for this show. Uh, the production that you hear uh, is by me uh, in terms of the actual audio engineering and that kind of stuff. So if it sounds bad, blame me. If it sounds great, I take all the credit. That's all for now. Please make sure that you like and subscribe and that you also check out all the other podcasts at uwgb.edu forward slash podcast and give us a nice five-star review if you feel you can in your favorite podcast aggregator. Until then, take care. You just listened to a Phoenix Studio production, the podcast network for the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. For more podcasts, please visit uwgb.edu forward slash podcasts.